This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 24th of September. In your Squiz today, the end of the Merkel era, a 12-month visa extension for the Muruguppan family, Vale John Elliott, and getting ready for grand final weekend. This is your Squiz today. Germany is heading to the polls this Sunday, and it's a big deal for many reasons. Of course, Germany is the largest economy in Europe, so who leads the country always draws a lot of interest. But today we're going to focus on the fact that for the first time in a long time, Angela Merkel isn't running for re-election. She's been the German leader for 16 years. Yeah, that's a pretty good innings, 16 years. And it isn't a surprise or anything that Merkel isn't running. She announced back in 2018 that this would be her final term in office. So after 16 years as Chancellor of Germany, she won't be on the ticket. She's a big name when it comes to global politics, of course. So it's significant that her time is coming to an end. A bit about Angela Merkel. She's a theoretical quantum chemist. She's the first female leader of Germany. Like any politician, of course, some love her. She's been affectionately referred to as Mutti in Germany, so like mother of the country. Others would say she's too soft. She hasn't been strong enough on migration, as well as standing up to nations like Russia and China. She's 67 years old. She's heading out of politics of her own accord, Simone, something not many politicians manage to do. Yeah, as those in politics will know, it's usually because of one of the three Ds, defeat, disgrace or death. The election is this Sunday, but her exit won't be immediate, Kate. That's right. And that's because Germany's elections can be fairly complex, as many are. What will happen this weekend is that Germans will elect members of the lower house of parliament. And though the party with the most seats should be clear on the night, it's unlikely to have a majority. What that then means is the next chancellor will be selected once a coalition with majority support is settled. So they need to have that majority support. To give you a sense of how long that could take, the last election was in 2017 and it took almost five months for Merkel to form a coalition government. So strap in for this one. Yeah, it could take some time and expect to hear a bit from Merkel in the meantime. Her main focus, she says, as her time comes to an end is climate change and getting the European Union to move faster on emissions reductions. And on that note, Kate, reports out this morning in the papers say Treasurer Josh Frydenberg will today put forward his case on cutting greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2050. So as it stands, our government's position is to reach net zero preferably by 2050, but there's been plenty calling for that to be a position that's officially committed to people within the Liberal Party, and that is the position of the opposition, the Labor Party. It's also a call being made from the likes of Joe Biden, as well as Prime Minister Boris. Johnson. And it gets a bit political here, though, because it's not a position supported by the Nationals, who are, of course, the Liberals' coalition partner. Looking at reports this morning, Simone, Josh Frydenberg is giving a big speech today. What he's expected to do is make the economic case for that net zero by 2050 target. This is all going to be very topical across the next month or so as we head towards that big United Nations climate conference. That's in Glasgow on the 1st of November. Yeah, and for Prime Minister Scott Morrison's part, earlier this week he told US President Joe Biden that Australia would continue to work on our plan to reduce emissions into the future and that Australia was on track to meet and beat its 2030 targets. 
to the latest with the Murugappan family. They are a Sri Lankan Tamil family of four who've been fighting to stay in Australia. Yesterday, Kate, 12-month bridging visas were given to parents Priya and Nards and daughter Kapika, but not to the family's youngest, their four-year-old daughter Thanika. So to step this back a bit, what happened yesterday was that the family's three-month bridging visas ran out. They were then waiting for confirmation from the Immigration Minister, Alex Hawke, for an extension of that visa. That did come through, but only for the parents and one child, their youngest daughter. As you say, Tharnika was not granted a visa. And what the Immigration Minister, Alex Hawke, has said is that the family will be able to continue to live in Perth, but that due to the fact that there are legal proceedings ongoing, Going, he won't comment further. The twist here is that by not granting Thanika a visa, the family won't be allowed to return to Biloela Simone in central Queensland. That's where they want to be and what a lot of their supporters are fighting for them to be able to do. That visa extension is for 12 months. The family's case is due back in court early next month. News out overnight, Kate, is that John Elliott has died. He was a big name in business, a big name in politics and a big name in AFL. Yeah, his son, Tom Elliott, who's a broadcaster, confirmed that news overnight. John Elliott was 79 years old and look... He might not be a name familiar to some of those in the younger age bracket who are listening to our podcast, but for a time, he was a very big name, first of all, in business. He took over elders in Victoria, and under his stewardship, they added Brewer Carlton and United to their remit. He became known as the guy who fosterized the world. So we're talking about Foster's Lager. It's still a brand that is well-recognized and was a huge brand in the 80s, of course. He was also a big deal in politics and liberal politics as a powerhouse fundraiser for the Liberals. And finally, of course, many Victorians will know he was also president of Carlton Football Club for 20 years, the longest serving. He was, it seems, a very big character, Simone, larger than life, not without controversy. Lots of tributes, though, for him today. Yeah, lots of tributes. One of those overnight has come from former Victorian Premier Jeff Kennett. He described his friend as a loud, colourful and committed Liberal who redefined corporate, political and sporting life in Australia. It's Friday, Kate, which means there's a lot of sport to look forward to this weekend. The cream of the crop, though, the AFL Grand Final. Yeah, plenty of people will be looking forward to this. The Melbourne Demons are playing the Western Bulldogs, of course, it's in Perth due to COVID. Kickoff at 5.15pm local time, so 7.15 for the eastern states. Melbourne are the favourites, Simone, and our mates at Sport Today tell me that if they win, they'll become the first team since Hawthorne in 2013 to take the minor premiership and the flag in the same season. A massive weekend for footy fans. And for those who are roped in to watch but aren't really there for the footy, the entertainment around the game will include a whole heap of talent from Western Australia. So think John Butler, Eskimo Joe and the headline act, Birds of Tokyo. Yeah, that's right. I'm pumped for the girls from the Waifs, though. They're one of my favourite bands of all time. They're a bit obscure, but I'm sure there are some squizzers out there who are right there with me who know them and love them as well. I have no idea who you're talking about, but I have to check it out. (laughs) To round out sport, our Aussie netball team has a new captain, Liz Watson. She's a mainstay of the Diamonds team. She plays in that wing attack position. She's been out injured this season, but she's looking for a big comeback in 2022. And vice captain is Steph Wood. 
And wrapping it up, preliminary finals for the league are also this weekend, so we'll know our grand finalists by Sunday. That leads us neatly, Kate, to squeeze the day. What's on your radar? Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Simone, Prime Minister Scott Morrison is over in the US at the moment. Tonight he's meeting with leaders from the US, Japan and India for the Quad Leaders Summit. That's called the Quad, that group. So keeping an eye on what comes out of that. For me, something a little bit lighter. There are a few anniversaries to point out on Sunday. It's the anniversary of the premiere of TV series Gilligan's Island that came out in 1964. And it's also the anniversary of the release of The Beatles' Abbey Road that came out in 1969. Both big time favourites in my family household. Classics. Absolute classics. And just to wrap up for the week, as we've touched on, there's a lot going in sport this weekend. So if you're sports mad or if you know someone who likes to stay up to date with the latest sport news, Sport Today is our daily sport podcast that gives you the latest in less than 10 minutes. You can check it out on your favourite podcast app or a link is also in your episode notes. That's all from us. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you again on Monday. quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.